Welcome to tonight's episode, everyone. Uh, I'm your host, Tom. Welcome to Ludicrous Feed Live. Thanks for joining us on our weekly live stream where we monitor the state of Australia's electric vehicle adoption, both internally as well as externally, where we compare the progress between the states and territories, as well as externally by comparing ourselves with the rest of the world. Each week, we chat to special guests from the EV and renewable space. Hello, if you are watching this live, uh, feel free to leave a comment in the live chat if you are a channel subscriber. A warm welcome also to those watching this on replay. And also a very special warm welcome if you're listening to this uh, via podcast. Uh, We'll be distributing the audio from each episode from now on uh, via your favorite uh, podcast directories. All right, let's welcome our regular guests. Uh, As usual, let's say hello to Riz and Rahul. Hello, gents. How are we? Hey, Tom. Hey, Rahul. Going well? Thanks, Tom. Uh, Riz, welcome. Uh, Apologies for slightly late uh, this evening, but uh, here we go. Live and ready to go. Fantastic. Nice to hear from both of you, of course. Well, uh, also a very special shout out as well to uh, our members uh, who are watching at the moment uh, and also chatting away in the live chat there. So nice to see you all. I want to especially uh, say hello to our newest members uh, who've joined recently, uh, Tony Hoban, Andy Vet SA, Alan Hiko, Eric Boothman, Mikkel Q, and Timothy Hancock, who've all joined in the last month. So welcome to Ludicrous Feed Live. Uh, there's always a join button if you'd like more details on how to join. All right, so let's uh, thank also our live stream partners for tonight as well. Uh, we've got Jaua with Jaua Tesla Accessories, uh, Hansho, um, and also uh, EVSE. We've got those coupon codes for you to use. Uh, they give you various discounts as well, so make sure you check out those links in the video description below. And uh, Accessory of the Week. So this week, I thought I'd go back to basics and plug a Type 2 EV charging cable. I've got one of these in our, both our cars, and I must say they're very handy. Uh, people ask me, is it worth getting one? You know, I think it's worth the investment because you can uh, use public charging stations which don't have tethered uh, EV cables. So this is where it's come in handy, comes in handy if you're at the shops or at a cafe or something or a restaurant uh, accommodation, plug in and take advantage of, uh, you know, electric vehicle charging at your, uh, wherever, you're, uh, wherever you are at at the present. And uh, Charles, hello Charles, one of our members asks, is Tony uh, Vet SA, the vet who was mentioned last week, he sure is, yes, that's uh, indeed he is, so uh, great to see him there join and become a member. Uh, yeah, so coming up tonight, we've got, uh, yeah, lots to talk about, obviously interview with uh, Larissa Mirabelli, who is uh, from Polestar Australia, she's the head of PR and marketing. Uh, and also, we will be chatting to her, of course, about uh, marketing strategies at Polestar, uh, new EV sales, uh, DC charging news, uh, EV charging, eye candy, and obviously uh, other Tesla, BYD, and other EV news as well in this space. And uh, yeah, so there we go. Jez, as usual, has uh, pledged $5.55. Thanks, Jez. Hello, watching on replay and also live. I'm not sure it's so late. Where is Ludicrous Feeds Model Y? Getting a bit sad about it all. Hurry up, Tom. Smiley face emoji. Yes, Jez, we're all anticipating the Model Y performance. Uh, We don't know, actually, when it's coming. Uh, They said sort of quarter one, gave us a sort of three-month window. We'll see what happens after the new year clock's over. We'll see. All right, so... um, 
Now, Larissa actually uh, is tied up at the moment. We will hopefully be seeing her later on tonight. But what we'll do is uh, do the show backwards and uh, talk about uh, some of the stats and charts that Riz sometimes provides for us and also some EV, EV charging eye candy. And then uh, Larissa will hopefully log on later tonight on the stream. So stay tuned. We will have her very shortly, of course. So that is what we're talking about later on when Larissa logs in, uh, selling electric vehicles in Australia, interview with her from Polestar Marketing, and it'll be a very interesting chat, I'm sure. So please stay tuned. We'll have her very shortly. Uh, all right, so let's um, let's actually just move over to uh, some data that Riz has provided for us. Riz from Carloop, and uh, he has a chart for us here that uh, has tracked Australia's EV uptake in the last 10 years or so, 11 years. And uh, Riz, looks like we are... That purple line is the cumulative line. Looks like we're heading up to that 60,000 mark in Australia. Yeah, it's um, been a bit of an exciting year um, so far already. I think we'll quite easily double um, our total, uh, or we'll get close to doubling our EV fleet in just one year, which is quite a quite a huge thing. Um, so, yeah, we're approaching 60,000. I wouldn't be surprised if we sort of finish the year off closer to 67, 68,000, given um, the kind of delivery that we expect Tesla to have, particularly around model-wise, um, as well as, you know, other players like BYD now finally allowed to deliver vehicles again uh, after receiving their five-star and cap rating based off a small fix. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be a sort of exciting close to the year and even a bigger 2023. Yeah, I think 23 will be a great year. Uh, out of the 60,000, uh, at a rough guess, how many percent would be Tesla of the 60,000 cars? Um, I'd, I'd say quite easily 65% or so would be Tesla's. Um, obviously, that market share will come down over a period of time as more manufacturers enter the market. Uh, but yeah, this stage, is, last time I checked, it was around 65%. Cool. And uh, yeah, I'm sure Larissa will be keen to see the Polestar numbers uh, go up as well in the next few years too. Yeah, as the Polestar 3 hopefully hits uh, Australia's uh, market as well. That'd be a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got some data as well on uh, used EV sales. So we were sort of chatting, we've been chatting about this over the last few months, watching, I guess, the listings drop. You can see both Model 3 on the left and Model Y on the right. Uh, these have been since the start of the year for three and since Y dropped midway through this year for why and you can see they're kind of plateauing and even dropping a little bit yeah that's what we're seeing as well um the average price for model y is the asking price is around seventy nine thousand dollars, which if we remember in the first week i think it was uh, around i think 72 or seventy three thousand dollars delivered so even those um, people selling those vehicles now are making five to six grand plus people purchasing them will end up paying depending on the state um, will end up paying for stamp duty and other things as they transfer the car into their name a lot of those up for sale happen to be um, car dealers um, I mean everyone's allowed to you know make a buck every now and then but it just seems like they've somehow acquired a fair few of them. Um, I saw I saw one, I think, advertised for 84000 today. And 
it was being sold by um, a car dealer called Melbourne's Cheapest Cars, and they're pretty big in in Victoria. So not the cheapest cars, not what their name suggests, but um, a, a bit of a top tip for our audience um, from some of the things that we're seeing. Uh, once we get a couple of ships coming into Melbourne um, and and Sydney in the coming weeks, keep an eye out on the existing inventory. You will see a fair few of those vehicles pop up without those excessive dealer markups and you'll be buying them directly from Tesla Australia. Yes, we did ch- chat about that on our uh, quick short uh, news video last night. So, yes, keep an eye on those inventory numbers if you're waiting. You might get one sooner. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Um, let's move on to uh, some pictures from actually Riz Supplies, these ones too. So, these are Tesla supercharger picks from Mornington in Victoria. And uh, Riz sort of saw something very interesting on the road there. You can see. Normally, it would say Tesla vehicles only, but it looks like the vehicles only has been scrubbed out or attempted to be scrubbed out. Interesting, Riz. Yeah, it, um, that site opened in December last year, and it's been pretty popular. Um, at that time, it clearly said Tesla vehicles only. And this time around, when we did our Tesla Owner Club event down there, good turnout, nearly 40 people came, which was great. And a lot of them were new owners, so learning how to use the superchargers and just learning off each other. But, yeah, we saw that it was sort of painted out where it said the vehicle's only bit. So I wonder what that means for potential opening of superchargers to other vehicles, um, to other EVs in the coming months. It might happen sooner than we think. Yeah, like those of you who watch our shows regularly will know that we – spoke to the New South Wales government representatives a few weeks ago and if you watch that stream you'll know that we broke some news there and they told us that yes because Tesla received funding from the government or from New South Wales government it means that new charging sites that have been partially funded must be open to all EVs not just Tesla. So we weren't sure at the time whether it would apply to existing charges but this picture here might give us a clue if it's just Tesla without the vehicles only. Obviously this is all pure speculation if you're watching we don't know the inside goss so we're just speculating and uh yeah if you see anything else change in your neck of the woods with your closest tesla supercharger uh, let us know uh we'd like to see if there's a pattern growing around australia very interesting times ahead indeed yes and uh gaffer says uh very much enjoyed the new south wales government talk you should try and get other states if other states are watching hey the invitation is right here so open invite Victoria, Queensland, ACT, WA, New S- uh, South Australia, Tasmania, Northern Territory. Open invite to all of you. So we're very happy to have you all. Uh, and we'll talk about, yeah, charging in your state. So feel free. All right. So that's uh, that was interesting. So thanks, Riz, for that picture. Um, let's move on now to um, some government incentive news. So... Uh, this tweet here from Professor Ray Willis. So this might... Uh, fire up some WA listeners and viewers tonight. So he um, posted some prices uh, for a Volvo C40 recharge. Uh, in the ACT, it's the cheapest place to buy an EV or at least a Volvo C40, 84000 uh, with no stamp duty. And then Queensland is 85 with a bit of stamp duty. Victoria, 87000 with $3,500 of stamp duty. 
And then a WA is 89,000 with 5,000 of stamp duty. And then in WA, the Rego is $600 more than the ACT. So WA is paying $6,000 more on the same car just because of government taxes, um, more than the ACT. That's a huge discrepancy there. And that's kind of what we're, you know, the point of the stream is trying to do is to try and outline the, the various discrepancies so that hopefully our uh, officials in these states will wake up and realize actually our state's lagging behind in policy. Uh, it's not giving the uh, residents a fair go. So if you're watching WA, um, yeah, you're paying more than everyone else. So um, not good, not good. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's look at some more government incentive news from the rest of, well, from Australia. Um, so we've got, yeah, the EVs, uh, the EV discount, the Labor government's discount is about to be passed through um, the Senate, I believe, or very close to anyway. There was a deal that they had to strike with the Greens um, with regards to PHEVs or plug-in hybrids, whether they are included in this discount. And I believe the latest is that there's a sunset clause to 2025 now. So I think all parties might be happy. So we might see that pass through. Uh, especially if you are trying to get a lease for your vehicle, that fringe benefit tax discount might be um, might make it very compelling compared to a, a petrol vehicle. And, uh, you know, we want more fleets having EVs because that will eventually pass on to us consumers as second-hand cars. Riz, I'm sure you'd be seeing that data come up in the next few years with that information. Yeah, it'd be, it, it, it should be interesting to see... Um... I mean, just in general around the the plug-in hybrids, I I feel that there's only really one model that I know the Europeans have some, like the BMW has a couple of plug-in hybrids and others do as well. But apart from the Mitsubishi Outlanders, fleets have never really purchased anything that's plug-in. So it would be interesting to see whether it actually means anything or not um, to have that clause in there. Because people are smart enough now to know that they'd rather go directly to battery electric vehicles if they can afford them. And Outlanders, last time I checked, were above $50,000 for the plug-in version. So 50000 you can get a lot of Addo 3 or the new MG ZS. So, yeah, it's it, it, interesting to see how this formulates. Yeah. I mean, I, I for one, I'm happy to see the deal struck. Um, I'm sure... You know, I'm sure we'll see whether if the deal, if this bill is passed, whether we do see an up to uptake uh, of EVs. Uh, I think supply will still probably remain an issue. We still need to get them into the country. Uh, the demand is there, I think, from what I can see from the charts we've looked at the last few months. So, yeah, watch this space. Uh, we might do a special once that's passed, I think, in the new year. All right, let's look at some EV charging eye candy as usual, my favorite segment. So this is some pictures from France. Um, same site, but one in the daytime, one at nighttime. Some nice looking uh, charges there. I, I think I think it's important um, to have well lit charges like that because, look, I think obviously you, you want amenities nearby, but sometimes at the moment they're not close to amenities or like they're a fair way away. I think you want to feel safe at night charging. You want. If not security, then well, a well-lit area, somewhere you can run to for help if you need to. Um, you know, we're not all seven feet with big muscles. <laughs> <laughs> you need you need help sometimes if you run into trouble in an area that's well, deserted. Well, you all don't carry 
Shaq with you, Shaquille O'Neal in the passenger <laughs> seat. Uh, Anthony Albanese does. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. Yes, I mean, yeah. I, uh, on a serious note, I think you know. I think I think it is important. I'm glad that we're seeing examples of this happening overseas. Um, yeah, I mean, ideally, obviously, you want amenities nearby with with it being staffed. Um, CCTV, somewhere you can rest your legs for a bit. Toiletries, uh, well, toilets, facilities. Um, yeah, because charging is going to be a bit longer than just filling up really quickly. So, mm. a safe place to hang around is important. Just just on that one, Tom. I don't know if you've noticed, but the tritium chargers have these two tiny lights in them um, at night, and they're only supposed to light up the screen and around the charger. But a lot of these charging sites, even the new ones, where they're installed, the the lighting in those on at those sites is just shocking. And we can see good examples. I mean, we've seen even these chargers. You can sort of see the blue ones up there. They're sort of part of the structure mm. um, as well as having external lighting as which you can see in the background there I think the charger design needs to incorporate that in which would mean like I think with some of the European ionity chargers they've got the light sort of inbuilt um, and and you can see them it's sort of like a beacon you can see them from far away and hopefully we see charger diversity and we see a bit of that coming in and a bit of healthy competition would be good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't want you don't want one charger to you don't want a store with or sorry a, a charging location with one or two stalls that could potentially break. You want you know a whole range of them nearby. Uh, if one's out of action, you've got you know you're not stuck. You can just drive a few more kilometers and there's another one, like it is with petrol stations now, obviously. So yeah, but good point with the lighting. I think I think there's a lot of um, innovation that could certainly happen. Uh, with that as well. And even strip lighting on the ground where the parking spots are. That could certainly work too. Um, and Greg, who's one of our members, saying EV have been opening a lot of new sites recently in Victoria. Eden Hope and Canavia will help the drive from Victoria to South Australia. Having done that drive, I agree. I think there needs to be more along that road because those distances are huge and they're not, um, yeah, nothing to sneeze at if your range is limited. So good point, Greg. Thank you. Um, all right, let's look at another uh, charging location. So these are Tesla superchargers now. Multiple sites in Europe. Look at those bays. Wow. That's huge. It's like 20 to 30 bays in those pictures. Yeah, so from that government web, um, government stream we did with New South Wales, I think the biggest site will be 15, I think, from memory. So mm. not quite this number. Mm. Those Tesla superchargers aren't actually internally lit, so that's one thing that could be done better, I guess, in future versions. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Yep. Um, so that's some nice picks there, and yeah, I think I could see some facilities nearby too in some of those picks, which is good. Mm -hmm. That's important. All right, let's uh, keep going with uh, some EV events real quick. Um, Okay, so this is, yeah, we'll talk to Larissa about this when she comes on. So 2026 Polestar 6 concept coming to Australia. We've uh, uh, seen the ones in Melbourne. If you've checked out my video, uh, you've seen what the, the car is or the model of the car is. Um, it's currently in Brisbane as we speak, just wrapping up in Brisbane. And if you're in Sydney, it'll be in town next week. So go and have a look. Um, the future of sports cars, electric sports cars in the shape of a Polestar 6. 
Yeah. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, take a look. And, uh, of course, uh, check out, uh, yeah, we're going to be at the, the Fully Charged Live in March. Um, there's a coupon code if you want to get some tickets. Uh, three of us should be there, myself, Riz, and Rahul. Uh, they've promised us a stall as well, so we'll be hanging around uh, all weekend. So come and say hello. Um, I think it'll be a good show. It'll be a good show indeed, I think, uh, just to showcase what's available in Australia in the EV and renewable space. And if you watched the stream last week, Robert did promise, Robert, Lew- Robert Llewellyn promised us there'll be some test drives, hopefully, as well. All right, let's run through some of the Tesla news this week. Um, so, there we go. Huge news today, actually. Um, that's rocked. Um, so, Rahul made me aware of this one. Thanks, Rahul. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted, Tesla, full self-driving beta, is now available to anyone in North America who requests it from the car screen, assuming you have bought this option. Congrats to Tesla Autopilot AI team on achieving a major milestone. That's huge. That means anyone who has the FSD package can now activate it from this screen. Amazing. Uh, Raul, you've got uh, FSD on your, well, the package on your um, new Model Y? Yeah, I do. Um, I did have it on the Model 3 prior as well, um, and now on the Model Y as well. So, you know, love, love to get my hands on the FSD beta package to, to try that here in Australia. Joe Nash, Tesla uh, and the Gong. Um, is also looking to get his hands on uh, this feature as well. Yeah, I think Nash uh, t- must tweet Elon every minute, <laughs> which is good. He gets a response occasionally, which is great. Um, but yeah, look, I think um, well, I think he promised worldwide release, actually. I-, I remember hearing that early this year for FSD beta, if I'm not wrong. Maybe people in Ooh. the chat can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Yeah. I-, I do believe you're, you're correct uh, in that. But I think... I mean, I'm hoping. I have posted a tweet today asking Elon whether we can get a Christmas present. Uh, FSD beta would be nice because uh, I'm going to do the uh, trip in the new year to Sydney via the coastal route, uh, Lake Entrance, Bansdale, uh, into Marimbala, and then into Sydney from there. Um, if not, I think we might get FSD beta sometime in 2023. They have to. If they're going to release it to everyone in North America, um, everyone else worldwide who has bought FSD is now going to be primary for this. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people have sold their cars with FSD package, mm. uh, waiting waiting for that to drop. So uh, I'm pretty sure Elon's promised uh, FSD beta each year since uh, <laughs> I can't remember. So hopefully 23 is the year for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing in my head how the cars with FSD would do a hook turn in Melbourne. <laughs> um, I can barely do a hook turn in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but they had the I, I did hear that they had an issue I think in maybe Toronto where they I don't know what they call them street cars or I think it's similar to trams there. And if it's available there then they sort of know how to work around these additional vehicles moving on rails or whatever they move on over there. So yeah, it should be, should be interesting to see. And on the timing when they open Giga Berlin, um, I think on, in Elon's speech, he did say that they were going to try and get the FSD um, to be reviewed by the European regulators by the end of this year. So 
if that's some timeline to go by, ADR and the team they'll have to review it here may take a bit longer than that. So, yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see, hopefully next year. Yeah, and Charles has just reminded me that, yes, he did say capable of worldwide rollout depending on local regulations. I remember seeing that tweet, actually. So thanks, Charles, for that. It does depend on us, I guess, to some degree. Um, Peter Cook says, can someone translate this year to uh, English for Elon? <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> put, put those emojis up, everyone. Two weeks. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but good to see North America getting their, uh, getting their turn to, well, a wider release anyway. Uh, but what we should see, hopefully, in Australia is uh, Apple Music coming to the next software update, or very soon anyway, maybe the Christmas or the holiday software update. Here's Tesla Raj, uh, one of the YouTubers in America, saying that he saw the pictures on the Model S display at the Peterson Automotive Museum in LA, uh, Apple Music. So, yeah, that's good to see that's coming. Uh, he did say no word on Dolby Atmos, but we know that dropped today as well. I'll get to that in a second. That should be coming as well. So new surround sound software. So those of you with Apple Music subscriptions rather than Spotify, there you go. That's uh, coming to a Tesla near you, hopefully. Um, yes, yeah, so so Tesla referral is back, I think. Uh, you can actually look at your old link and you can see how many referrals you've had in the past, but you can't actually use them yet. I think you can, in America, the it might be starting with a point system. Um, so we'll see what happens, whether it's uh, implemented here as well. I'm actually watching a documentary on Netflix uh, about the Pepsi points. Um, so maybe that a similar thing's happening with the Tesla points where you can exchange stuff for points, referrals, like short shorts or whatever. Tesla little toy toy cars or umbrellas or whatever. That'd be fun. Uh, and Gaffer says, give us CarPlay Android Auto Access. Yeah, I must say, I having driven a few test cars now with, uh, with the Apple CarPlay, I must admit, I quite like that function, having the Waze on the screen there. I use Waze quite a bit. So yeah, Gaffer, I agree with you. Hopefully we'll see that too. Uh, leave, your, leave your comments below. Where do, you, um, do you want Apple CarPlay Android Auto on the Teslas? Or would that clog things up too much? I'd like to hear your thoughts. So just quickly on that, Tom, is hmm. that that hand, I think, Hancho screen that you can get for that goes behind your steering wheel. Has that got CarPlay Android Auto capabilities? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I've tested it before on other other people's cars, and yes, you can put Waze up there, um, or even text messages or WhatsApp or whatever. So that's quite handy, actually. So that's that's one workaround for sure. Okay, let's move on to this one. Tesla Model 3s and Ys now in stock, just not in Australia. Rizzi wrote this article. Yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago. That was in the UK. Um, I think the situation in UK, depending on what you're looking at, if you're looking at buying one, they've got, last time I checked, hundreds of Model 3s and Ys in inventory. So it's sort of signs of the times, right? Like they're going through an energy crisis and... Mm -hmm inflation, interest rates, people just can't commit, you know, when they placed orders many months ago. Now they just probably won't even have the same finance rate. So a lot of inventory coming in. Um, recently this week, we saw the same thing happen here in Australia. There were a couple of Model 3s in Western Australia um, that were in inventory and goes to the earlier point we made around just keeping an eye out 
in the next couple of weeks as these ships come in. Um, they more than likely are cancellations. So if you look at the Tesla's existing inventory, you might see more of them coming in in Australia as well. So this was a couple of weeks ago in the UK. Yep. Okay. Yes, the world is moving quickly. <laughs> Things changed from a couple of weeks ago, for sure. Uh, so this is breaking, I think, uh, today? No, yesterday. Uh, Elon Musk reportedly said on Wednesday that South Korea was among its top candidate locations for a giant factory it plans to build in Asia for making EVs, according to South Korea's presidential office. So mm. that might potentially mean battery change to LG over cattle. Ooh. Just a thought, given it's uh, Korean, LG. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Sai will be the brand ambassador in Korea. <laughs> I hope so. And uh, the factory will be located just outside Gangnam. Want to see Elon dance Gangnam style? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Speaking of Elon, he will be on stage, I'm sure, very shortly in a couple of... Uh, a few, a few hours time because I think there's going to be a cyber se- well, semi-event rather, the semi-event um, in, yeah, well, our time. Oh, sorry, not a couple of hours. I'm sorry. I'm ahead of myself. A week's time uh, next week at Giga Nevada. So there you go. Delivery. I think, is it is it Pepsi? No. Which brand's got uh, big delivery? Pepsi. It is Pepsi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be good. And uh, yeah, speaking of Dolby Atmos earlier, yes, uh, Dolby Atmos coming to Tesla, um, retroactively added as well to previous cars, not just new cars. That's the beauty of software updates. You can just do that. That's pretty cool. Um, having quickly read about Dolby Atmos today, I think it's just a, they use height channels or something. It's just a nicer surround sound system. So it's already pretty good, I must say. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's move on to some BYD news. So that's enough of Tesla news. So BYD news um, this week, as Riz alerted to earlier today, is that, yes, the Atto 3 is now being awarded 5-star cap safety rating. And now, uh, yeah, they can start delivering again. I believe the issue might have been to do with the front safety, sorry, the child seat harnesses in the mm-hmm. front seat, I think. And the rear middle, I think. Mm. Um, but they've got a solution to that so anyone that's got an out of three at the moment that's produced before the i think it was 21st of november or something like that um which is pretty much every car in the country um needs to contact byd and then the experience center have a retrofit on making that and then the car will be five star compliant as such not saying that you know the cars themselves are unsafe if you're not using those seats but it's just best to contact them and i'm sure they'll have instructions on how to get it fixed at least in new south wales i think there's a certain age limit where you can't fit a child seat anyway in the front seat and even over a certain age i think it might be seven from memory you can't even use the front seat unless all other seats uh, are occupied so uh, i wouldn't put a, a child a young child in a front seat anyway uh, but that's, I guess that's the kind of standard we have in Australia, like very stringent. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's good, particularly when it comes to kids uh, and child seats. So, But good to see um, EV Direct and BYD Automotive uh, delivering cars once again. Um, yes, and this one, this is interesting here. We covered this in our little short video too. So here's a uh, ute, and I think people are saying it's a BYD ute that's being tested. Yeah, wouldn't mm. mind seeing that in Australia. Yeah, it's um, 
I think that will definitely build every fleet manager's dream in Australia. <laughs> if we get an electric one or potentially uh, plug-in hybrids, because a lot of their cars are plug-in hybrids at the moment. So if we get if we get the electric one, then ideally we'll be coming here. I can't think of many markets that would take a ute that size, like the one we have seen with LDV. Mm. Um, it's a bit too small for America and you know, America and um, China don't gel at the moment. So we're um, probably going to be one of the first markets to see them if they do release them. Given the BYD seal announcement, launch, production, deliveries into export markets very shortly, um, I wouldn't be surprised if if this is a BYD ute, if it's in the country by sort of third quarter next year. Dare I say build ute dreams? <laughs> build your dreams <laughs> sorry stat joke owl. uh but yeah as you said riz we uh, looked at the lvd ute um, ninety-two thousand dollars um most of the comments on my video were of the to the tune of that it's too expensive so mm. it'll be very interesting to see what byd priced this at if it is indeed mm. a byd ute and um yeah the as you know china's got the same three-point plug that we do 10 amp plug so it's a natural fit already. They can now have a V2L from the cars, from the Utes. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to uh, some more EV news. So, yeah, this is my tweet um, earlier. That was the uh, LDV ET60. Uh, that's now dropped, available for $92,990. 88 kilowatt hour, 330 kilometers of range, single motor, 80 kilowatt DC charging, and one ton payload and one ton towing. And there's the warranty there. Yeah, it could be pretty controversial, I think. Um, yeah, price, as we said as well. Um, towing could be more, I guess. People are saying that. Charging's a bit slow too. But look, it's Australia's first ute. or well, first ute to be sold in Australia. And that's that's a bonus. It's now, mm. it's now uncharted territory. I think it's good. It's good for the market. Yeah. Any, any tradies in the chat? You want to leave some comments? What would you think about a ute like that? Or even someone who would... Any of you guys drive utes at the moment uh, with this uh, with this entire ute to switch over to electric? Leave your thoughts. Mm. Um, also, the Mifa as well. The Mifa 9, the people mover. That was quite comfortable. Mm. Yeah. But that's priced at six figures. 106000 I think, for the yeah, starting, starting, starting price. Mm. So, there we go. That's the ute in Australia, LDV. And... Also, this is from a few weeks ago, but um, the guys at Car Sales did a review of the Volkswagen ID4. So, yeah, um, I mean, we've we sort of it's been sort of touted to be coming soon for a couple of years now. So, hopefully, twenty twenty three is the year to see these come in. Would you say that's kind of like a, a hatch? Looking at the picture, um, I think it's um, sort of like a Tiguan, a bit of a SUV. Slightly more stylish SUV as such, but sixty-five thousand. I know it's sort of Volkswagen Tiguan money, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It's based on some of the European reviews I've seen of the car, um, one underappreciated fact about a Tesla is how smooth and seamless that screen is. Um, very uh, well, relatively laggy uh, mm. infotainment screen in the Volkswagen group cars um, at the moment. So when, if anyone's interested when you are test driving, and if that's important to you, 
do test it out and, and check it out. I just um, And hopefully, like you said, Tom, they can get them into the country by next year. Mm. Yeah, and also the Cooper is um, being launched as well next month. So, look, more choice is good, um, you know, for the discerning consumer. I think it's a good thing. Here's a good point for, from Gaffer. Uh, I can't bring myself to call it a ute. That's uh, in regards to the, the LDV. It's a pickup. Utes for me will always be based uh, of sedan form factor. Right, yep, yep. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so that means a lot of... Uh, Gaffer probably wouldn't call a lot of cars utes. They're more, more like pickups. Like the Ranger is more a pickup, isn't it? Like a... Not quite a sedan. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Gaffer. Um... All right, let's keep going. So, yes, yeah, speaking of... Okay, so 2022 car of the year was the Kia EV6. And the Cupra Formenta got something, something else. And then the Genesis GV60 got something else as well. So, there you go. Some um, yeah, some cars there. I've driven two of those. I've driven a Cupra yet, but I agree the EV6 is quite a nice, quite a nice vehicle. It's a shame we can't get them in the country at the moment. Hmm. Mm. Supply is an issue. Here's a little poll for a mini poll. I won't put it up officially, but EV6 or Hyundai Ionic 5, leave your thoughts. If you had the funds to acquire both and supply was there and you only had those two choices, why would you get them? Which one would you get? Why would you get them? I'll put some of the comments up. Uh, Greg's asking, what's the lead time? I think it's like th- two years or something at this stage. Mm. Mm. So there you go. But hypothetically, if there's no lead time. You can get them tomorrow. Which car would you choose? That's what I want to hear. Free market research for Hyundai and Kia. Right there. <laughs> All right. So some more news from Australia. Here's uh, Chris Vanderstock, a good friend here, who is um, challenging the Victorian government on the EV tax. He writes, I can't wait for February 14 to 16. 2023, that's our hearing date in the High Court of Australia to rid Victoria, actually the entire country, of the EV tax. More details below in reference to an Age article. Yeah, so we wish uh, Chris well. Um, That's coming up next year. So he's been working very hard to get that hearing. So from what I understand, from what I read in the the papers, um, all the states are actually going to be up against him. The federal government's backing him, but the, the, other, the other states actually want to see Victoria win because they want to set their own policy on this rather than having the feds do it. I mean, to me, it makes sense for the federal government to do this. I mean, it's the fuel, sorry, the, the fuel excise is a federal government thing. Uh, it would make sense for distance levy to be federal as well. Uh, Riz, Roll, what do you guys think? Is it, should it be a Victorian government thing or a federal thing? Roll? Well, look opinions i guess uh but yeah my my opinion is you know i'm 100 tied with chris um and i do believe that the federal government should be um enacting this policy uh, you know we, we don't have an EV policy here in victoria having had the new south wales government representatives uh from the department of transport on your live stream a few weeks ago you guys are absolutely killing it. ACT is absolutely killing it. Victoria being the second most popular state is just lagging so far behind. I, I don't think that they're doing themselves any favour with the EV tax. Um, so, yeah, you know, I wish Chris all the best. Um, yeah, and I do reckon that Fed's uh, federal um, 
PB policy, if that goes through um, off lead cars, that will get the second hand power market, PB power market happening, um, which will drive up prices down further. Uh, and that they should dictate the EV get uh, road user tax rather than coming from the states. Riz? Um, I think, yeah, eventually this is going to happen. And I believe in New South Wales policies, it's a couple of years down the track now uh, when they do feel a surcharge is um, going to be put on. I think maybe earlier in the week, I saw a headline out of the UK that maybe by 2025 at a national level, they will be introducing a surcharge of some sort a road user charge or whatever for EVs. So, yeah, a couple of years down the track and their EV uptake is already approaching like 17 18%. And we're not even like 4% from what, what I can see. So a much more mature market. And by that stage, they'll be close to like 40% EV uptake um, of all new cars sold will be EVs, right? So... Yeah, then it makes sense. But here it's, um, yeah, just going to be interesting to see. So wish Chris all the very best. I hope whatever happens this weekend with the election, you know, there's a good outcome for EV owners, regardless of whichever party wins. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be very interesting. I think we're all going to be watching that with, uh, yeah, with a lot of interest. I mean, it's it sounds like the tax is going to happen. I think they're all interested now, all the states and the feds. Like, I don't, I mean, Chris writes here, um, to rid Victoria of the tax, but I think the tax is going to happen whether Victoria sets it or the federal government sets it. So it's kind of shifting who it gets the money. So anyway, either way, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, what happens. All right. So, um, I can actually see Larissa, uh, almost ready to chat to us. Yep. She's waving her hand. So we might actually get her on very soon. Just give us a thumbs up, Larissa, if you're ready. Uh, yes, she's good. Okay, so Larissa Mirabelli from uh, Polestar Australia. Let's pop her on right now. Let's just get the right screen up. This is going to be very exciting, everyone. I'm, I'm glad if you're watching that you uh, you stayed with us tonight. So let's get her on the chat right now. Hi, Larissa. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm really well. I'm sorry. It's a little bit loud here, but I thought I would at least just show you the car before it uh, it gets pulled out uh, of Brisbane. Uh, can you see that, or is it a little bit it's sort of glaring a bit, isn't it? Hang on, let me um, let me just pop you on. There we go. Now we can oh, see. Oh, there we go. There you can see it. Fabulous. Yep. Go for it. So, um, so yeah, so we're here with um, with uh, the Electric Roadster concept in Brisbane. We're about to make our way uh, to Sydney for next week. Um, so you can jump online uh, to the Polestar website. If you head right to the very bottom, there's an event section and you can jump on there for some details. But, uh, but it's been a great few days in Brisbane. We've had a lot of uh, wonderful support. Um, but obviously it's going to become Polestar 6. We've announced that already. It's all about circular materials. We've already sort of announced uh, through our commitment card precept, which will become Polestar 5, our commitment to sustainable materials. And so this sort of takes it one step further with graded aluminium to try and keep everything within the automotive supply chain. And then even with uh, mono materials in, in the interior of the car to try and improve, you know, repurposing and recycling as well. Yeah, that's great, Larissa. And again, thank you for inviting me down to Melbourne uh, last week to see it in, in the flesh. So I've got a video up as well for those of you watching, uh, get up close to the car there. Um, Larissa, it's, it's, I can't believe Polestar 2 has only been launched uh, this year. It feels like such a long year. So what an incredible 12 months it's been. 
it has been a long year for those of us uh, with the brand. It's, you know, it was like what one year of Pulsar life. It's like it's like seven dog years or something. But um, no, it's been it's been fantastic. It's it's uh, not every day that you get to launch an all new brand into the Australian market, and so that's a real privilege to have that opportunity. Uh, we've been really well supported. You know, the EV crowd is super supportive, regardless of whether you you know you're driving a you know a Tesla or a Hyundai or a, you know everyone's on board. In fact, we've had so many people come along to these events uh, to show their support and hear more about electrification and, and, and where it's headed. It wasn't always easy. There were some teething issues in the, in the very beginning, but we're now you know we've got over a thousand cars on the road in, in Australia. Things have you know settled down. We've got more pre-configured cars you know ready to go, and that's sort of a strategy that will continue on into next year. Just to help people, you know, not everyone wants to wait for a vehicle. Some people need a car sooner rather than later. So we've seen some really strong uh, strong support for that sort of model, which will continue. Um, and maybe what I'll just do is, sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk to another direction now so the team can bump this out because we literally are <laughs> moving moving to Sydney. So um, I'm going to just walk for a moment and then I'll be right back staying still and you can, you, you, your, your audience won't... Uh, won't be getting dizzy watching me walk through the space. No, you're doing a great job. I love it. This is live television, so I love it. You've got a fan here for the car. Like Gaffer's saying, that's one sexy looking car. I need it. I need to see it in person. So uh, it's in Sydney well, next week, Gaffer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Very good. Okay, now I'll stay still. And you've got you've got a fan in Jason Priddle. I enjoyed meeting Larissa in Brisbane on Tuesday. So there you go. Oh, thanks, Jason. <laughs> Um, so, Larissa, looking at the recent EV Council data from October, 3.39% um, of new car sales are EVs now, um, mm -hmm. and Polestar 2 is comfortably in the top five, I would say. So, congratulations are in order for you and the team. Well done. Thank you. Great year. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much. We're super proud. Um, so, who is Polestar's target market in Australia in, uh, as we head into 2023? Is it, are you guys still very much selling to early adopters, or have the goalposts changed in the last year? Well, look, I think with under 4% of the, the market, I think anyone who's buying an electric vehicle today is still uh, very much an early adopter. I think from our research, we know that uh, Polestar buyers tend to be driven by a need and a want to uh, make the right choice for the environment and, and a more sustainable choice. Uh, we've met a lot of uh, customers, people who are, who are getting out of high-performance vehicles, moving into electric vehicles, and they're just not looking back at all um, and are looking forward to going from sort of that one-car EV garage to two. So I think that um, we still really have that element of, of the early adopters. Pulsar talks to, you know, from our, our marketing sense, it's very much design-driven. You know, people in the design field are very drawn to, to Polestar. Then, of course, there's sustainability, which we already know, um, and, of course, the, the tech, you know, um, element as well. But, you know, it's amazing that the breadth of people who are coming through, it's not just a, a particular demographic or a particular age. It's really quite diverse um, and really a broad church who are coming through and transitioning across to electric vehicles. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned sustainability because that certainly when I was in Melbourne seeing that uh, exhibition, it's just, yeah, sustainability, sustainability. That's It's really important now to see that message yes. through. Um, yep. So at the moment, Polestar and Tesla are probably the main two brands when it comes to direct-to-consumer marketing and selling. Uh, for those who don't know watching, uh, what, does, what does that mean for if you want to buy a Polestar? What does direct-to-consumer mean? Uh, basically, it's an e-commerce brand. So you can go online, you can uh, walk through a very simplified process. Uh, if you're a cash buyer or you've already got finance approved, it can sort of take you an hour on the couch on a Sunday night with a beer in hand or a glass of wine and you're the owner of a new Pulsar 2. Um, but there's got to always be an element there of engaging with customers in a, in a 
you know, in a way that, that works for them. So we take the car on, you know, on tours. We do road shows. We're at events. Uh, we're at uh, shopping centres. Um, and we also have some temporary locations uh, all down the East Coast, for example, where people can actually go and book in and have a test drive and get to grips with an electric vehicle. For a lot of people, it is their first time in an electric vehicle. So it's important to ensure that you're accessible. But ultimately, that whole purchase journey takes place online. So although we have staff who work with Polestar in our spaces, they're trained product specialists. They can talk to you about the product. They can talk to you about uh, the policy settings in Australia, the kind of rebates that might be available in your state or territory. So it's more of an information gathering sort of opportunity. You can go away, do your research, you talk to people, you visit forums, um, and then you, you, you purchase. So what we've tried to do is make that process really simple, simplified, I should say, but, uh, you know, there aren't a myriad of colours or, or options it's much easier to navigate that process. Um, and, of course, we've got, you know, Polestar Finance, uh, financial services sort of, uh, sort of added on to the process as well for those who want to go through through that process. Yeah, that's great. I, I've been to one of the, the uh, shopping centre experience. Uh, oh, you did too. And, and I love it, honestly. It's so good because there's no pressure from any of your staff. You know, you just go up there, look at the cars. They're very friendly. Go for a test drive. And I love it. You go home and think about it rather than getting pushed into a corner and trying to, you know, get a price out of you and all those kind of things. So I think it's it's been done very well. Um, Thank you. I think, yeah, we all have sort of, you know, some people have very positive experiences um, in a traditional model. You know, I've had a bit hit and miss, even myself, someone who's in the industry. So it kind of takes away, um, you know, that sort of having to fit everything into your into your day-to-day lifestyle. Everyone seems to be so busy now that, you know, moving ahead uh, in this way seems kind of normal, especially after COVID where we all kind of went, you know, online. Uh, Riz has got some stats from uh, Polestar Global, actually. Riz, go for it. Yeah, so I'm sort of the stats person, and I noticed <laughs> earlier today, Larissa, I won't put you on the spot, but 100,000 Polestars have been produced at Lukiao plant in China. And that news has just been released at Polestar Global um, yes. to a press release, and that's fantastic news great news it's uh it's a real milestone for us you know it's uh it's one of those things where you know sometimes people come in they say oh you've listed it. do you have any cars on the road uh so it's great to be able to say to people not only do we have uh, some cars on the road we've, we've effectively got a hundred thousand cars on the road and we're we're on our way to uh to bigger and better things with the launch of Polestar 3 just around the corner as well oh, that's and, great and one percent are in australia 1027 <laughs> based on the last vfax that was released and a quarter of them arrived or were delivered in October. So yes, so we've got another exciting. big, thanks, Riz, yeah, another couple of big months as well. November should be uh, quite decent volume as well as, uh, as well as December. That's great. Thanks, Riz, for that. And, uh, yeah, we've got some congrats on uh, the Polestar brand. Great to see Polestar in Australia from H2 Rider. And Electric Car Australia says congrats on the sales Polestar. That's good. Um, Larissa, if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to ask a um, more direct question to you. I see from your LinkedIn profile, you've worked for other traditional auto brands as well. What have been some of the benefits and challenges of selling direct to consumers as opposed to a more dealership business model? 
I think when we started, the infrastructure setup was uh, not where it needed to be to support the new customer base. So now we're at the point where we've got uh, service centres on board and that makes it easier for everybody in those circumstances where you might need to drop in, um, check something out, as opposed to sort of, you know, Polestar technicians uh, going backwards and forwards all over the countryside trying to resolve uh, any issues that couldn't be managed remotely. So in that respect, uh, not having the infrastructure to start with and just sort of in that whole sort of build-up phase as you would expect with a startup, that was sort of challenging as opposed to a traditional setup where you just don't have to really worry about that. Everyone knows where they're headed. But there's also that challenge in terms of launching a new brand where you're really coming from from nothing, from, from zero. So when uh, the marketing director and I both sort of started at Pulsar, he was employee number two, I was employee number three after Samantha Johnson, our managing director. And our first week was at, a, at an event in, in Sydney that we were running. We didn't have any cars in the country. And for me, that was quite an eye-opener that we're, we're sponsoring this huge event without a car. Uh, and it was more about introducing Polestar and its values to the audience as opposed to introducing a product. So that was a real um, shift, I, w- I would say, in terms of how Polestar sort of approached its its brand. And so for sort of, you know, seven or well, six months before we had cars on the ground for, for media, it was talking about a brand that was coming to market uh, without actually having a product for anyone to have a look at. So that was sort of a, a different challenge as well. But what it does is it gives you the flexibility to do things a little bit differently and uh, and to really you know challenge the way that you you think things should be done or could be done. So it's been a it's been a great opportunity. And I can obviously see now the benefits of uh, you know direct to consumer. You can control the advertising and the and the story and the narrative a bit more. I can see your billboards around town. That's obviously a benefit mm-hmm. having that mm-hmm. as well. Yes, I mean I think even in the tr- traditional model, I mean there's still advertising guidelines for the dealer network, so it's not entirely different. But you get a little bit more flexibility, perhaps to do things a little differently. So in December, we'll have a painted mural in Melbourne, uh, which sort of launches our uh, a new campaign for us um, called Motion blur but it's actually going to be a carbon capture paint that we use so you know little things like that where you can you can do things a little differently to what perhaps has been done in the industry and so we'll we'll have a bit of fun with that i think when we announce it in a couple of weeks Awesome. I can't wait to see it, actually. Um, I guess one of the natural comparisons between Polestar 2 is is to draw it with the Tesla Model 3. I'm sorry to mention your competitor, but what 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 does what, um, what do you say to a customer that's sort of weighing the two up? Like what tips, what should tip a customer over to Polestar rather than buying a Tesla? Well, I mean, for us, we're very transparent about our sustainability goals and in terms of the impact of our product. So that's a really obvious one in terms of uh, well, how we sort of differentiate ourselves to all of our competitors is that we're open and transparent. You can look at the methodology of how we're assessing the impact of our cars. And we're on this journey. We're very we're very open about having a goal to get to, you know, um, a climate neutral vehicle by 2030 with the Polestar Zero project. Uh, and we're already on that, that journey with 16 suppliers who have signed up, but it is very much a journey. So we're quite transparent about saying, well, we know that if you charge with renewable energy, the impact of a Polestar 2 is less than half of that of a comparable us um, vehicle but we're on this journey to get to to zero and we're going to share that along the way we're also the first car company in the world to use blockchain to trace cobalt in our cars to ensure ethical sourcing Uh, and for that to have sort of landed at the feet of a brand new Scandinavian brand that's only been in market for a few years is quite extraordinary that, that nobody was doing that beforehand so I think from that perspective that we're quite an open book 
uh, on that sustainability front is, is is kind of an obvious one. And really the product speaks for itself. I think that I've always said, even in, in you know other roles at other car companies, it's really important to test drive a car, to see how it fits in with your daily life, to see how you know your proportions work for you. And I think that for Polestar 2, uh, some people who have transitioned across quite like the idea that you can still see your speed, you don't have to take your eyes off the road to do that and just have access to some you know basic uh, features like wipers and you know and, and that sort of thing. So it doesn't make that jump um, too far uh, and it seems this is something that resonates with with our customers so yeah so I would always say that just test drive it's until you test drive it's it's also just getting people into the into an electric vehicle which is important in the first place but um but I've always I mean test driving is, is is pretty much the way to do it yeah, no, that's a great point. If you're any EV, just get your bum into a seat and uh, and drive that's it. Right. I couldn't agree more. Um, yep. Let's talk a little bit about Volvo now. So Volvo, as we all know, has set uh, a new target of 2026 in Australia to electrify its entire fleet four years ahead of the global target. Um, that's only yes. three years away. I mean, what, what does that yes. mean for Polestar now that uh, Volvo is doing that as well in terms of 100% electric uh, in three years' time? Look, I think the brands are, are two very different brands and obviously we're already all electric and in three years' time we'll have, you know, Pulsar 3, Pulsar 4, possibly even Pulsar 5 on the road. So a really great sort of model lineup uh, available to Australians. But I would say that any trans- any brand transitioning across to electric vehicles is a is a win for all of us. And that's something in the EV industry that everyone seems to be, you know, very much focused on the same goal, you know, I talk to my colleagues all the time at different car companies who have electric vehicles in the mix, uh, and it's 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 really impressive that we all sort of jump on board and we all sort of help each other out. So, you know, if I can't take on an opportunity, I flick it to somebody else. Say, look, I can't help this, you know, journalist. Can you do it for me? You know, so it's a much more collaborative approach uh, compared to the traditional um, market where it's a little bit more competitive. We're all sort of mm. geared up to sort of helping this transition and helping to accelerate that shift faster than ever before so so it's absolutely collaborative and and you know it's always welcome more there's like how many i think there's like 30 or 40 electric vehicles during market over the next 12 months so you know there's competition coming from everywhere yep no, that's, that's very true yeah okay well, and we're looking forward to covering them all too in the next 12 months <laughs> <laughs> Um, bit of feedback now from Keith Mason. Uh, as a Polestar 2 owner, I would love to have the service model better communicated here in Australia. Where's my nearest service centre is a question that's a bit hard to find. So No, well, that's that's a fair comment, though. So we've only mm-hmm. just recently uh, updated that on the website. So that took some time um, to to resolve. And now, you know, when we first sort of had one, two, three, it's like, oh, do we sort of, you know, pop that up on the website? We sort of waited until we've got now, you know, seven or eight up there. But that's only something that we've sort of sent live, I think, in the last fortnight. So now for, for, for you, Keith, and for other customers, it's much easier to find so that that helps you guys just uh, understand where the infrastructure sort of sits in, in Australia and, and, uh, and who's there to support you. Yep. Cool. Thanks, Keith, yeah. for that question. Uh, yeah. Question from Gaffer. Can we get test drives from Polestar at Fully Charged Live Sydney next yes. year? Yes. Yes, you can. So not only can you get test drives um, at Fully Charged, we're going to have a, a customer lounge as well. We're looking at maybe bringing in a, a special car. We'll see mm. how that goes. Uh, so, no, we're really, really looking forward to the Fully Charged event in March and, uh, and we'll certainly be there with bells on. So, yes, uh, test drives are a definite yes. Nice. Polestar 3 maybe? Uh, I don't know if we'll have Pulsar three, okay. uh, but um, no, I think it, I think Pulsar three is in, in hot demand at yep. the moment. So um, so we'll have to wait our turn on that one. 
But I think by uh, Q3 we should have some in, in Australia for people, to, some displays for people to go and have a look at. So not too long away. Okay, nice. Uh, I don't know if you can talk about this, Electric Car Australia. I wonder if the Radar brand would link up with Polestar in Australia. Radar does well, the use, I think. Yes, mm. for Geely. So, mm. I mean, at the moment it's Polestar is standalone in terms of, you know, Volvo standalone and Geely may come in standalone, but uh, that's, a, that's a question for Geely. You'll have to uh, get in contact with the team there. But uh, from what I understand, you know, there's, there's, there's no sort of plans for Geely to enter into the market right now, but, uh, but you never know what's around the corner. It'd be great Indeed. to see it here, though. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I guess to finish up, Larissa, I guess um, obviously a, f- a few key topics always pop up for any EV, potential EV customer, such as range, charging, you know, anxiety, uh, range anxiety, long drives, battery degradation. I mean, how does how does Polestar alleviate these concerns? Is it just through talking to them at uh, these uh, customer centres, or do you know the best part about what's happening with Polestar now is that we've got this community of you know of owners. So when we first started out, we didn't have any of that, but even at this event tonight, you know, the team behind this of the Facebook page is is here, and they're so active in providing suggestions and advice and so it's not just all down to head office to communicate that there's more and more people driving electric vehicles and and everybody is is sharing information going back to that sort of collaborative statement i mentioned before so in that respect it's um it's super helpful that you know more and more people are getting out there at the barbecue and explaining things we do have you know some a range assistant and charging assistant uh on our website which is which is really useful particularly you know in an australian summer and you're you're traveling longer distances and you want to know if i've got you know a 20 inch l and I'm traveling at you know 25 30 degrees at, at you know 100 kilometers an hour what does my uh, what does the, is, is it going to be the impact on, on range I'll tell you all of that so there's those sorts of tools there that you can use but um, but I think uh, there's just so much more information out there for everybody now and uh, it's really about getting out that message of being able to plug in and trickle charge in the in the evenings or afternoons or however you do it when you're at home there's more charging coming to urban areas Um there's more happening in the way of, you know, apartments and urban dwellings um, and, you know, what that will look like in the future. So it just makes it so much easier to charge a car and, and not have to worry too much about range. Um, but um, it, I, I might have to share an anecdote. It was actually from a, a colleague at, at Tesla who, who used to be at Tesla, but he said his son's about seven has never been to a petrol station and he went to visit a petrol station with a friend's mum and wasn't sure why they were there and why they wouldn't just, you know, charge at home. So, you know, that's kind of the future and, and, and what's coming down the line for everybody. So, um, so it's going to be a really interesting one to watch. Oh, that, that's certainly a very heartwarming. So, yes, <laughs> hopefully all our kids will be the same next, uh, in the next 20, 30 years, right? Yeah, now, listen, before we let before we let you go, I want one more one more question about the Polestar space. I believe there might be one yes. opening in Victoria shortly. Yes, there is. It's um, happening in December, actually, Tom, and I think the date that we've allocated is December 20. If that changes, I will let you know so that you can let your audience know. But there you go. by December 20, we plan to uh, to open at, uh, at Chadston, so we'd love to see everyone jump on board and, and drop in by all means come and have a look it really will help uh, cement the, how the brand sort of presents itself in australia that that whole sort of experience which our teams are delivering in a, in a great way in our sort of temporary locations but this will be our sort of first fully fledged space uh in line with sort of what you see in in global markets so it's a super exciting time yeah there you go everyone watching and uh, listening 20th of december 2022 polestar chadston in melbourne Go That's there and right. check it out. Having seen the pictures Thanks, online Tom. from uh, around the world, yeah, it's going to be very exciting indeed. Yeah, it should be great. Yeah. 
Larissa, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the night. And hopefully uh, we'll see you in Sydney very soon. Thank you. Thanks so much to you and to uh, everyone watching. Thanks, Larissa. Have a good night. Cheers. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that's great. Thanks again to Larissa Mirabelli from Polestar Australia for joining us. That's great. Um, yeah, it's great to have her um, uh, chatting about, uh, yeah, marketing and uh, sales in in Australia for Polestar. Um, excellent. Uh, well, let's get on with the rest of the show. Uh, we'll just chat about, uh, what were we talking about? News. Yes, the rest of the uh, uh, EV news. Let's uh, move on to... Here we go. So let's see what we're up to. Slide... 53, 53. Okay, so here we go. This is interesting. So the Italian hypercar maker Pininfarina has broken the record for the quickest production car. Uh, Batista EV achieved 0 to 60 miles per hour acceleration of 1.79 seconds. Holy moly, that's quick. Um, $2.25 million. Riz, Ooh. can we flip that car maybe? Get that car and flip it and make some money. Uh, the, I think so. It's so a 2.25 million US dollars. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, that's in my league then. It's a lot of, it's, it's <laughs> a lot of money. And um, I mean, I, I thought the Rimac, you know, there's like cars with like 1,500, 2,000 plus horsepower with electric drivetrains. We know they can do it. It's just, you know, it, in America, I think the Model S Plaid is... 129 maybe $130,000. That's like nearly, what is it, 15 times (laughs) what that is. So what, yeah, exciting, but only very few um, uh, Saudi princes that have (laughs) oils coming out of in their backyard will be able to purchase one of these and uh, drive them around their personalized racetracks. So um, that's the environmentally friendly thing that's going to be done. Um, so, yeah, very exciting to see something new and um, just goes to show what an achievement Tesla has been able to produce with the Model S Plaid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I still want to see this thing drive around the Yas Marina in Abu Dhabi. I think it'd be uh, yeah. it'd be awesome. <laughs> that's probably where, where they'll end up. Um, and next thing is the, uh, the ABBA, this cute little thing, this uh, Fiat 500e. Uh, Madder, faster cousin, hatch and cabriolet, 42 kilowatt hour battery lands in the UK next year. Look at that color, lime green. Love these. Love small cars. Big fan of the Japanese small cars, K cars they used to have. If this comes here, it's, yeah, be really, really cool. And the Fiat Abarth just looks aggressive like a mean green machine. (laughs) Yeah, we need more hot hatches. Sorry, Raul, you were saying something? I was going to say, obviously, if it being released in the UK, you would probably expect uh, being a right-hand uh, drive uh, or some variants make it into Australia. Yep. And yeah, they yep. would start really well in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. Uh, yep. As a second car, even as a small car. Yep. Yeah. It's a shame the Honda E never made it as a production car here. Um, have you seen that in the flesh? That's pretty pretty cool too. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's probably a bit bigger than the Cupra. Cupra is more of a four-door, a bit bigger than this, isn't it? This is quite a small car. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, gents uh, and people watching tonight, that's pretty much it for tonight. So uh, I'll just wind up by saying coming up in the next couple of weeks, this is what we've got. 
We've got uh, next week, we're going to speak to James Downs from Eon Charge. Uh, James, if you're watching, hello. I know you do sometimes. We'll have you on next week to chat about installations of uh, DC charging and what that involves. Give us an idea of what, uh, you know, what how it works and, uh, yeah, our expectations, I guess, of charges in Australia. And then the week after that, we've got my good friend Darren Jung from Singapore who's going to chat to us about the state of EV adoption in that country and then pit that against us here in Australia and how we're tracking compared to uh, the island nation of Singapore. So uh, obviously they've got very different uh, taxes and how uh, cars are controlled there, but still be very very good to hear how they're doing it uh, in Singapore there. So yeah, join us for the next couple of weeks. We'll have those two shows. And once again, thanks to our partners tonight, Joa, Hansho, and EVSC. Check out those coupon codes in the video description below. Otherwise, uh, gents, Risen Roll, thank you so much again for tonight. Appreciate you guys coming on as always. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Raul. Thanks, Tom and Riz. Uh, and thank you for the audience. Uh, if you haven't watched uh, the entire show, uh, don't forget that it's replay. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Raul. Thanks, Riz. And thanks again to Larissa Mirabelli from uh, Polestar, Head of PR and Communications. Uh, appreciate her time. She's a busy lady. But uh, really good to have her. And also thank you, thank you also to all of you in the live chat. Always great to have your comments and questions. Uh, it's so good to have your support every time we stream. And uh, if you're watching, if you watched it this far on replay, thank you so much. If you've listened to it this far on, on podcast, thanks again as well. Really appreciate it. All right, everyone. Uh, that's it from us. Uh, until next time, have a good week. And we'll see you next time on Ludicrous Feed Live. Take care. And as always, happy charging. See you later.